0: Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Hi, welcome to Behind the Screen, a special podcast today with Jerusalem Greer, the writer of September's Forward Day by Day Meditations. Hi, Jerusalem, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you, Rochelle? Good. I'm so glad
0: you're with us and can't wait for folks to read and reflect on your meditations. So tell me a little bit first. So tell me a little bit about yourself so people can um, get to know you a bit.
1: Um, Well, my name is Jerusalem. Uh, I live in central Arkansas on a little hobby farm about seven acres um, with my family. I have been married for almost 24 years, I think. I don't know. We, I feel like we've lost count, but <laughs> around 24 years. It was a baby when I got married. Um, and we have, uh, my husband, Nathan, and I have two sons. Um, they're both juniors, one in college, one in high school. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So, and and I work for Presiding Bishop Michael Curry as staff officer for evangelism. and And occasionally I write books and other things like this. So, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: let's dig right into you are a staff officer for evangelism, which has this like, awesome title. Um, what does it mean?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) What does it mean? Well, what it means is, um, along with Canna and Stephanie Spellers, um, and some other members of the churchwide staff tangentially, is that the the right word? Um, my main job is to shepherd um, the work of evangelism in the Episcopal Church. So everything from hands-on trainings to creating, co-creating resources, to um, listening and trying to discern um, what where the church is going, how the Spirit is leading us, and then how best um, we can come alongside that work and help spread good news in ways that people are eager to hear. That's great. Well, tell me
0: one of your favorite evangelism stories.
1: Oh my goodness. And I, I, uh, Well, I don't know if I have a favorite evangelism story, but what I do love, like my favorite thing that I get to do when, especially when I'm with people, which I've so missed the past year, but we'll get back, we'll get to it. But even over Zoom, I have this little analogy where I talk about how evangelism is just like sharing pie. And it's one of my favorite things to talk with people about because it, it takes the scariness of, well, I don't know how to share my faith or I don't want to pressure people. And it just puts it in this really relatable, non-anxious way of, Mm -hmm. of talking about evangelism and thinking about evangelism. And I just... A, I love how people get really excited, both about pie and evangelism. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, right. Or, yeah, yeah, or pee or the whole thing. Um, But I love that moment. I love that aha moment that comes on for people when they're able to, like, kind of take away some of the anxiety and be like, oh, this is what I do already, right? Like, I'm already having conversations with people about what the things of meaning in my life Mm -hmm. and this is just adding a little bit more intentionality to it so I think I just I I really love that um I really love that part of the work just helping connect those those dots with people not even for them but but with them you know
0: yeah and I mean perfect intersection is when you get to eat pie and talk about God that's
1: the best like (laughs) that's the best
0: that's the best (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, you also talk, you talk obviously a lot about evangelism and your excitement and joy for Jesus. Um, you also talk a, lo- a lot about your life as a, as a small hobby farmer Yeah, and, and what that, how that shapes your life. Um, tell us a little bit about your farm and what, uh, what you've learned from being a, a farmer.
1: Yeah. So um, yes, living here has been one of the great is one of the great joys uh, of our life. A lot of work. It's definitely helped during COVID because, um, you know, the chickens. We have about twenty two chickens. I think last count, uh, the chickens don't know anything about pandemic life or social distancing. Right? Like they just keep on keeping on. Right. Um, and the same. We have two goats. We have a pig. Um, they're all pets. Like we're not eating anybody um, right. <laughs> right, right now anyway. Um, and then we have several gardens. Um, we have a pumpkin patch that we plant every year. And then two vegetable gardens that we plant. And we have a pond that you can fish in. And so there's all these kind of idyllic things about farm life, right? That that are really beautiful and idyllic and storybookish. But then there's also... Um, the real stuff, right? Like there's the literal manure mm-hmm. right. that we're dealing with, right? Right. <laughs> and, right. right, This And the sweat. And, you know, we live in Arkansas and so it gets really hot in the summer, which is like prime gardening season. And mm-hmm. and there's a lot of work to do. And we had a freak snowstorm about a month ago, month and a half ago. And, you know, we live in a part of the country where we're not prepared for that with our animals. And so we were having to haul water every day out to them from our house, um, because we don't have like the systems, right? Right. (laughs) Um, and we had to like figure out how to make their shelters safer. And, and so I think what, one of the great things that, um, farm life has taught me is just It's just about spiritual disciplines, like the having, the doing the things over and over and over and how it builds stamina and it provides bounty in the end, right? Like if we didn't, like if I just threw seeds out on the ground, a few things might come up, but they, there wouldn't be a lot of them. They wouldn't be healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Right right? There, it's, it's like how every now and then something will like come out of the compost pile, right? Like if you throw an old plant or a tomato, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. might get like one little baby tomato plant. And that's always amazing, right? Like there's great metaphors in that. Right. But if you want healthy tomatoes and squashes and pumpkins and all these other things, like enough to really feed and share and be nourished by, you have to do a lot of work. And some of that work is daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can either fight it or you can give into it and and give yourself over to it and um be be built differently um, by entering the process willingly and then enjoying the bounty and i just think it just taught me a lot and um, and i think about my spiritual life and my relationship with god and my relationship with others in those same terms you mm-hmm. know like having to do that daily the dailiness like, of it, <laughs> right, right. Well,
0: that leads perfectly into the daily practice of reading scripture and uh, what Forward Day by Day invites people to do, which is to have a daily practice of time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when you were writing these, or when you're reading them, what does that? How does that practice um, shape you, and how does it challenge you?
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely think um, that the it, it shapes and challenges me in the sense that it helps. There's two things. One, it helps change the narrative that I'm encountering, like on social media or that sort of thing. Right? Like it's a it's a helpful alternative story, right. <laughs> if you will, right, right? to what um, is kind of offered up to me in popular culture. Mm -hmm. And not to say that everything in popular culture is wrong and that there isn't beauty out in that, but we kind of know, we know what I'm talking about in terms of just the negativity and the barrage of just a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so. I, what I love about especially the refl- reading the reflection portion of a forward movement and in forward day by day um, is that idea of an alternative story of hearing a different perspective and one that's meant to build up not tear down mm-hmm. um, and and that's really helpful and then the second thing is is that you know it it puts it in a new light so one of the one of the things I talk about when I Talk about the importance of reading scripture in terms of evangelism and why it's important as a lifelong discipline and not just something you do once or occasionally. Is that I talk about the movie Grease, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the movie Grease, right? And um, so, the first time I ever saw the movie Grease, I was probably like 10 years old mm-hmm. and I loved it, right? Like, gaga for it. And I really wanted to be Sandy at the end of the movie, like mm-hmm. when she gets her makeover, right? And just thought it was fabulous. just fabulous. Like, she just looked so cool. I just wanted to be cool like that. Well, then I think I saw the movie. The movie came back out. There was, like, a big revival of it when I was mm-hmm. in college, and they put it back in theaters, and they had, like, sing-alongs, and it was a whole right. thing. And I went and watched it. And at the time, I was taking, like, women's studies, like, psychology of women and all this kind of right. stuff. And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh no, she didn't! Why? <laughs> yeah, right? Why did she change like, for a guy? Right? Like, why did she change for a guy? And yeah. you know, the oversexualization, and anyway, all that kind of thing, right? And so then, and then it goes on a few years, and eventually, I have kids, and I have two sons, and they're probably ten and twelve, you know, ten and fourteen, or somewhere in that range. And I watch it with them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now. I see it through a whole nother lens. Like I'm listening to certain songs with the ears of a mother of preteen and teenage boys on, and right. I'm like, oh, like I never caught that before, just because I wasn't <laughs> the kitchen, right? Right, right. There's certain innuendos, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like are they are they catching it? Like <laughs> right. close your ears, close right, your right. eyes, right. exactly. And so I think you know it was my life experience, and. My learning to see the world through other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. whether it was my women's studies or my children or whatever, it was a combination of all those things that helped me understand that movie differently. The movie never changed. Right. Right. But right. I changed and and my understanding of different perspectives changed. And so I think the same thing's true of scripture. Like mm-hmm. the words never change. Right. But We have to keep returning to it because hopefully as we grow and we take in more of the world and we take in more of other people's perspectives, Mm -hmm. um, we begin to hear things and understand things differently. And, you know, I, I definitely think reading Isaiah and Job and a few other things after a year of COVID is very different, right? It's a very different experience now. Even a lot of the Psalms, there are things that I couldn't identify with as a a middle-class cis white woman, right? Like there were things I couldn't identify with because of my limited exposure to certain hardships, maybe, that after a year of pandemic living, along with all the other things that went on in 2020, it feels really familiar. Right. That lament way. and despair. Right, right. the lament you and the know. despair and the railing, that like the raging, right? right? Like the raging against the things you feel like you can't change. Right. Um, The mourning for, so anyway, so I just, so that's why I think like a daily practice of scripture, even just a verse or two, mm-hmm. just to keep at it, um, is, is hugely important because you, don't have, we can't ever assume that we already understand that we understand it all infinitely yeah. for all time. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a
0: one. It's definitely not a one and done. Like, no, it is
1: not a one
0: and done. Yeah. 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 And one of the other things that I find so um compelling about particularly with forward day by day is that we, you wrote this a year ago. Um, yeah. And then when I went back and I read it as we were preparing for this conversation it feels like you wrote it today (laughs) you know and and we will hear from people sometimes who will say oh you wrote this because of the political thing that happened yesterday or why are you taking a position on something in your reflection and I will say the person wrote this a year ago we had no idea that a president or a um leader or a church leader or something in the common life is going to happen. The scripture is pretty remarkable though, that it can speak to us, um, in all times. So I, I don't know, have you had that experience with this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's why I'm a big proponent of preaching the lectionary, you know, like it's because the scripture will always speak to the moment if you're open to how the spirit's moving, right. And listening and willing to go there with the scripture. If you're willing to go there, um, it will always speak. And yeah, it's, it's always fascinating because we do, we write these a a year ahead of time Mm -hmm. and it's always fascinating to go back and read them Mm -hmm. when they come out and to be like, Oh my gosh. That feels more true now than when I wrote it. And it's, yeah, yeah, it is. And that, that to me is also one of the, one of my favorite parts of, of writing these Mm -hmm. is, is that, is it's just such a beautiful reminder to me that, you know, that we're meant to bring our whole selves and co-create with the spirit yeah Um, in this work and and that the spirit can do more than we can imagine right that god can do more than what we can imagine um but that if we'll bring our whole selves to the work that it's pretty it's pretty fun yeah
0: one last question yeah when when readers
1: finish your month what do you hope they take away well besides the fact that it was my birthday month (laughs) They in uh, presents and
0: gifts, right? Like
1: I, besides sending me all the presents and gifts. Um, no, which was really fun. It was really fun to get to write a reflection for my birthday. Um, that was really great. I, th- well, I think what I hope they take away, which is what I hope everyone always takes away from anything I do, which is you're not alone. You're not alone in your experience and that, um, I hope, I hope that I helped people feel seen and heard and loved just as they are
0: yeah that's wonderful well thank you Jerusalem for your time it was great to spend time talking with you and I'm very excited I loved reading your meditations um, as you wrote them and uh, then again and I'm very excited for people to read them this month
1: thank you so much Rochelle